there. I'm T.G. Brandfault, and you are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. The Gontrepreneur.com podcast gives us an opportunity to speak directly with entrepreneurs and experts who are working on the front lines of the industry to normalize cannabis through responsible business, education, and activism. As your host, I will try to do my best to bring you actionable information to help you plan, grow, and manage your cannabis business. Today, I'm joined by Juliana Carella, CEO of Treatables and Anti-Ds. How are you doing today, Juliana? Great. Thank you. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Uh, I'm very excited to uh, talk with uh, you today about your uh, Treatables product. I own pets. All of my friends own pets. Um, I actually work at a bat bat conservatory uh, once a week, so... Uh, the idea of using CBD uh, to treat animals uh, is is really, really exciting for me to uh, discuss. So but before we get into all that, I want to start with your background. Uh, what did you do before getting involved in the cannabis industry? Well, um, I've been, let's see, I've been a dancer and a yogini for over 30 years, so I always... Um, Taught, taught yoga and dance and uh, Pilates and, and that kind of thing. Um, I also had a business, uh, a bookkeeping business, so I had uh, various clients that had uh, you know, a number of different types of business. So um, I did their business bookkeeping, and I did that for 15 years until I started Auntie Dolores in 2008. And when did you decide to create a product for animals? You know, what information were you, were you armed with at that time? So when we started um, Auntie Dolores in 2008, nobody even knew what CBD was at that time. It wasn't until about 2011 uh, that we started to become more familiar with it. Uh, We asked some of our growers to start growing those strains. And then, you know, after I realized that they started giving this, um, this cannabinoid to children and had great success, I thought it would just be an excellent remedy for for animals and you know knowing that animals have uh, sensitivity to these cannabinoids because I had seen numerous dogs accidentally ingest uh, THC products so I thought well hey if they're getting high off of THC maybe they'll also um, experience the amazing benefits of CBD um, and maybe we need to make a product for these animals so that they're not getting high but that they're actually getting well Um, and and that's how it all started in 2012 we started with the product development. It took over a year to develop the product, actually, because we had absolutely no data to look at. There's no research. Um, All we know is uh, what we see before us when we were giving CBD to different animals that we knew, and the results were all good. So um, that really inspired us to develop the best product that we possibly could, but also to um, start selling the product and then relying heavily on the feedback from the customers that started to purchase the product so that we could start to compile some data around what conditions uh, can be successfully addressed, uh, what ages of dogs, what breeds of dogs. I mean, you name it, we ask all these questions and um, our customers give us a ton of um, great uh, information. So what was that testing process like? You know, how did you figure out the dosage? Uh, Did you notice any side effects during, you know, kind of the trials? 
Yeah. Yeah. So the, the side effects, um, because we were, when we first started making the product, we were using cannabis um, infused oil as opposed to the hemp infusion and with the cannabis um, CBD strains, although they were really amazing strains, uh, there was just a little bit too much THC in them. So um, the first year of our products, uh, our product development, we were using this cannabis infused product and some of the animals were getting high from it. And that was obviously not the result we were looking for um, and then it was a couple years later that we realized we just needed to switch to the hemp to eliminate the accidental um, you know psychoactivity that was happening with the cannabis oil um, but in terms of dosage um, the way that we figured that out was we started off with a really low dose because it seemed to us now and this is before it was confirmed years later that dogs actually have more receptors in their brain than any other animal on earth including humans um, we, we could tell this because we had seen some animals accidentally ingest one or two milligrams of THC and become completely high from it. So in my mind, dogs have always been much more sensitive to, to all of these compounds. And so we decided let's just start low, see if, you know, a one or two milligrams is enough for a 10-pound dog. And it, it just seemed to have such amazing results, even in the low doses. Uh, so what we did is we put together a feedback postcard and we attached it to the, the bag. Um, and the first uh, 2,500 bags that were sold back in 2013, um, that feedback that postcard was completed by the customer and returned to us, and, and that's when we really figured out um, that one milligram per every 10 pounds seemed to be, across the board, um, a, a good dose to start with. Of course, you know, some animals have much more advanced pathology, or maybe they have extreme anxiety, and they might need double that, but um, nonetheless, we've seen numerous animals respond to one milligram for every 10 pounds pounds of body weight and that's just been a, a real consistent thing that we've seen in the last three and a half years. How do you keep up with that consistency? Well, the consistency is something that we learned when we started making um, the THC-infused human products. It's something that we've been, um, you know, diligently working at for almost 10 years now, and, and probably beyond that if you consider all the experimentation that I did before I started the business. Uh, but it really is uh, taking the time and the proper steps to make a consistent batter for the product, and that just entails, you know, infusing the oil in another oil that's going to be um, completely uniform and mixed before any of the dry ingredients get mixed in. Um, and obviously, there's a lot more steps involved, but, um, you know, the end result is just a very consistent product. What we do is we randomly test various dog chews that come off the production line so that we can check for potency. You know, we'll, we'll take some from one tray and then we'll take some from a completely different tray and a completely different part of the batter that's being run through the machine. Um, and we do that all the time. We also test the oil that we use in the product. Um, that has to be a certain percentage for our formula to come out where we want it. Um, it's a lot of math, a lot of um, trial and error, and a lot of lab testing. So aside from the CBD, there's also in your products uh, CBN and CBG. Uh, what are the benefits of those cannabinoids uh, for pets? 
You know, that is a good question. Um, we don't have a ton of uh, research on those compounds. We know that they're non-psychoactive, like CBD. Uh, CBN uh, tends to be more of a um, sedative. It has that quality for all animals. Um, so in some cases, you know, some of these animals have a hard time sleeping because they're in pain. The CBN just sort of promotes a, a better night's sleep. But the, the amount of CBN and CBG that is in the product is is uh, nominal compared to the CBD content. Um, so we don't really, we don't call those out too much because of that. The, it's a nominal amount, um, which we think helps provide more of an effective entourage effect because these compounds all do work better, you know, when there's multiple compounds in the picture. Um, so we believe it's adding some benefit. We don't know exactly what, though. And in particular with CBG, there's not many studies at all um, with CBG in animals, but you know they are non-toxic and they're safe. We know that nobody's um, dying from these compounds, um, but there definitely needs to be more research. What was the initial demand like uh, when you launched the treatables, and what trends have you seen emerge uh, in in the last several years? Well, I think, you know, the first people that tried this product were people that had already been buying our human products, and they were patients that go to dispensaries in California. So those were our first, you know, wholesale customers were the dispensaries that, that we were already working with. Um, you know, many people that are cannabis patients, uh, they were giving their animals uh, some of our human products just because they were desperate to try anything for their animal. Um, so part of why we developed treatables is so that people would be have something to give their animal that wasn't high in THC. Um, but the response in the beginning was really phenomenal. Um, you know, obviously working with cannabis patients, you know, they're already very educated. Um, they just needed more education about how to treat their animal because it is quite different than treating a human with cannabis. Um, but then when we started to work with pet stores and, you know, uh, general stores and hardware stores, there's just a host of different types of stores that are carrying the product now. And that's a different education process. Um, you know, we want to start from from the beginning with, with those folks because they may not have the same um, depth of knowledge around cannabinoid science and um, we're really big on education we know that there's a lot of misconceptions out there about cannabinoids and using them with animals and just their use in general there's a lot of misinformation and we're really big on trying to cut through that misinformation and provide real information that's based on true science and based on what we know to be true um, we, you know, we don't make claims about the product we actually legally can't make any claims about the product, but we certainly can't deny um, the feedback and the reviews and the testimonials that come in on a daily basis um, from pet owners all over the world. So, you know, this, is, this has been a huge learning process, um, not only for our customers, but for us as well. What are some of the most prevalent barriers, do you think, uh, that between, you know, those of us in the industry and the general public and specifically, you know, when it comes to dealing with, with pet health in, in this way, you know, in this, in this kind of uh, natural way? 
the biggest barriers to that would be, um, you know, big pharma, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, you know, if, if cannabis was placed on the CSA list, the Controlled Substance Act list, it was placed on that list before CBD was discovered. So, um, unfortunately, what's happened is that CBD is, by default, uh, now also a Schedule One narcotic, and um, um, it, it was already asinine enough that THC sits on that list, but it's even more asinine that CBD could even be considered a Schedule One narcotic um, in the same class as the other drugs that sit in that category. So um, that would be probably the biggest barrier because that in and of itself is going to prevent a lot of the research that should be happening. In fact, in my opinion, should have already happened had cannabis not been a Schedule One narcotic. Um, so we're dealing with something that is just on a fundamental level uh, completely wrong and not based in science um, and it's it's purely political so having that um, you know that obstacle before us that is probably the biggest barrier so this kind of goes hand in hand uh, what, what you're saying with uh, the DEA and they recently uh, released a rule that changed how they internally classify CBD oil um, when that was announced there was a lot of uh, kind of browbeating about you know what this means for CBD specifically uh, CBD derived from hemp so when that rule was released uh, I think it was about a month ago was there any concern that there was going to be a crackdown on CBD and that, you know, treatables might not be able to be produced anymore? Um, well, there's always concerns about that for various reasons, but I just do want to clarify um, something that seems to, um, you know, this is not the first conversation I've had where this clarification needed to be made, um, but the classification was not specifically about CBD, it was specifically about cannabis extracts, um, and, you know, this, this new ruling was simply an administrative code that was created so that cannabis extracts can be classified um, more successfully. Um, what didn't happen, which seems to be something that uh, the general public right now believes happened um, but didn't actually happen, was that the DEA decided to classify CBD as a Schedule I narcotic. Um, actually, it was already considered a Schedule I narcotic by the DEA, but um, it also should be noted that you know this takes an act of Congress to actually classify something as a Schedule I narcotic, and as I stated before, uh, cannabis, or more specifically because they never use the term cannabis, marijuana is a Schedule One narcotic, um, but the CBD that's in our product does not come from marijuana, it comes from hemp, and it's exempt from these rules because of the farm bill. So this is a classic example, similar in any kind of marijuana law, you've got branches of the government that have different opinions and different laws, and these laws are in conflict with one another. So unfortunately for a company like us, it would actually be impossible to be completely compliant because of all these laws that conflict with one another. Um, and because we have attorneys that just 
filed a lawsuit against the DEA for this very reason because um, we feel that they are violating the farm bill. Um, so it's, once again, this is a lot of misinformation out there, a lot of media hype, um, and a lot of fear. And sadly, really what needs to happen is the DEA should be focusing on, you know, the opioid epidemic or maybe even all of the black market, black market drug activity that still exists. Um, obviously, you know, CBD uh, products, um, for them to actually regulate it in that way would, would be a very expensive endeavor and it would be a big waste of time when, you know, apparently they've just got um, their hands full with uh, true problems like um, the opioid epidemic and how many people are actually dying from opioid addiction and abuse. Um, no one's died from cannabis addiction or abuse. They just, you know, maybe got fat and uh, laughed too much. <laughs> they ate too much, too much food when they had the munchies or, you know, maybe they had a psychotic episode that lasted 24 hours because they ate too many edibles, but nobody's ever died from weed. Um. So I want to I want to kind of switch gears a little bit. Go back to talking about the CBD. Uh, according to you know all the anecdotal evidence, uh, you know as we we both know, there's not a whole lot of research on any of this. But CBD products, uh, you know, they've been shown to reduce and eliminate seizures, combat anxiety, treat arthritis and pain, increase appetite. Um, these are similar to. The, the, these are both similar in, in humans and, you know, animals. So, although humans, you know, use it not exclusively CBD uh, in many cases, but are there any or have you seen or heard of any benefits that are exclusively for pets, you know, maybe such as coat when they use CBD or? Hmm. Jeez, you know, I wish I could answer that with more certainty, but like I said, we're just, we're learning so much every day ourselves. Um, we often have, you know, uh, pet owners calling in and saying, you know, I, I got this medicine for my my dog's um, anxiety, but I noticed that she's walking better, too. It seems to be helping the hip dysplasia. Oh, okay, great. Good to know. We didn't know until we started hearing from numerous pet owners that their animal's hip dysplasia was subsiding. Um, you know, as far as anything specific just to animals, I have not come across anything as of yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if these things, you know, reveal themselves in the coming months and years. And that's something I hear a lot uh, in my interviews is that more research is needed. Um, on that note, we're going to take a short break. This is the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I'm T.G. Brandfall. <laughs> This episode of the Gondrepreneur.com podcast is made possible by Name.com, a global provider of domain name, web hosting, and email services. Every successful cannabis business needs an online presence, and every successful online presence begins with a domain. From your website to your email address, a good domain is easy for your customers to remember, it looks nice on a business card or billboard, and it reflects the true identity of the project it represents. It's important to reserve your domain early on when you are starting your business, as you may find that the .com address for your preferred brand or concept has already been taken. If somebody has already purchased the ideal .com for your business, they might be willing to sell it, 
But if they aren't, you may have to get creative with one of the new alternate domain extensions, such as .co, .club, .shop, or even .farm. Reserve your domain name today at name.com slash gonjapreneur. If you are a domain name investor or venture capital firm interested in acquiring or advertising premium cannabis domains, go to the Gondrepreneur domain market to browse a wide variety of names, including strains.com, cannabismedia.com, mj.com, and countless others. Discover branding opportunities for your next startup and learn about listing your premium domain names for sale at gondrepreneur.com slash domains, sponsored by name.com. Welcome back to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, T.G. Brandfault, here with Juliana Carella, CEO of Treatables and Anti-Ds. Um, so, Juliana, why don't you tell uh, our listeners uh, where your hemp comes from? We started using Colorado-grown hemp uh, probably about six months ago. Um, so we, we did make the switch. We wanted to, you know, be able to say that our product was 100% made in the USA. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the CBD that's coming from Europe um, actually is cultivated and extracted in China. Um, where We really want to stay away from any Chinese hemp due to the soil being contaminated uh, with heavy metals and biocontaminants and all kinds of stuff. So um, we are very excited to be working with Colorado um, cultivators now. Were there any hurdles when you when you did eventually make the switch over? Um, yeah, there's certainly hurdles with, with all of this. Um, you know, I wouldn't say there was any necessarily, you know, hurdles with regard to switching from a European to a domestic supplier. Um, but as with all of our suppliers, we just, you know, there's a due diligence period there um, so that we can make sure, you know, unfortunately, this is not a regulated industry. So we can't just, you know, take the cultivator's word for it. We have to, like, make sure that we're looking at the certificate of analysis and that we do our own third-party testing on the material before we use it um, and that every batch that we get from them is, you know, reading the same lab results and, and all of that kind of thing. It's, it's a constant due diligence process that doesn't really end because we need to make sure that they understand what type of quality our customers expect. Um, and consistency is a huge part of it. The, you know, these, these products only work when they are consistently made. Uh, and, you know, our whole business is resting on the fact that the product actually works and it works well. So we want to make sure we don't, you know, uh, mess up a good thing by making changes that might deteriorate the quality of the product. So vets, they're not allowed to prescribe or recommend cannabis products for pets. Is that correct? Even in medically legal states? Are you talking about veterinarians? Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, as of now, it is considered, um, you know, illegal for them to prescribe cannabinoids. I think that's partly because of all the hysteria around the DEA statement recently. 
Um, and, you know, unfortunately, the, the system in this country is such that uh, a product needs to go through various um, research before it can become FDA approved. But as we know, um, the FDA approval process for something like a cannabinoid um, is is a long convoluted road uh, before we're going to see you know any resolution there so um, unfortunately it doesn't look like the FDA uh, would approve um, cannabinoids anytime soon but who knows maybe maybe I'm wrong about that I hope I'm wrong is this something that that maybe law you know lawmakers in legal states should take up you know specifically uh, allowing pet vets to prescribe cannabinoids to pets I think given the way that, you know, CBD is classified now and given what we know about it being safe and non-toxic and perfectly good for animals of all kinds, absolutely some exceptions should be made and there should be a clear path to, um, you know, researching this, uh, developing products from it and getting the products out to the market where it's desperately needed. Um, You know, let's not forget that this these types of products are completely fueled by a true demand. Um, We didn't have to, you know, go and try to convince a bunch of pet owners to try this. This is something that they sought out on their own um, because there is um, a real dissatisfaction with uh, a lot of the pharmaceutical options available to animals. Um, And, you know, we hear it time and again that the side effects often create more problems than the original problems that they're trying to address. And so, yeah, we really do need some exceptions to be made so that a clear path to research um, is available. So, uh, according to uh, Pet Food Industry Report, the pet market's worth about $15 billion. Uh, Arcview Market Research suggests that the cannabis industry will reach $20.2 billion by 2021. Uh, Cresso Pharma, a company traded on the Australian Securities Exchange, uh, they just received EU approval to sell products aims at pets, although they have to deal with some import-export stuff before that actually happens. Uh, can you peer into your crystal ball for me? Uh, what might you anticipate the cannabis product for pets uh, market to reach by, say, 2020? <laughs> oh, wow. That's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, depending on uh, all the legal issues that are very murky and how they may or may not get resolved, um, I think the potential is huge. I think it could certainly be a multi-billion dollar industry. Um especially when you take into account how many conditions uh, CBD and cannabinoids actually uh, successfully address. And so there's just, in my opinion, there's just no other substance on earth that has been discovered yet that actually treats um, cancer, epilepsy, anxiety, arthritis, um, and all these other conditions. So that in and of itself I think creates a lot more uh, product development opportunities and obviously more business. Um, And, you know, sadly, there's just so many 
damn sick animals out there, which, you know, I can't help but wonder how all these animals have been getting so sick when I was a kid. Dogs weren't getting cancer and epilepsy. Um, and, you know, we love helping um, animals with these kind of, you know, advanced pathology and horrible illnesses, um, especially when the pet owners have exhausted all of the resources um, that have been, you know, pharmaceutical options offered by their veterinarians. Uh, so, you know, there's a huge, huge need for these types of products. Um you know, sadly, because of how many sick animals exist out there. Um, but, but I do think it's a huge, huge market potential, no doubt. Are you seeing more people who aren't cannabis users uh, look at your products for their pets despite them not using cannabis themselves? Absolutely. Um, one of the really interesting things that's happened is, you know, we'll get orders from areas of the country where there are no cannabis laws, and there are orders from people that would never think to even consume a cannabis product themselves, but, you know, like many other pet owners, they've exhausted all their other resources, and no other medicine was working, you know, for their epileptic animal or their arthritic dog. Um, so they try the product uh, for their animal. They see the results um, because it's, you know, there's no placebo effect going on here. It's very, very evident when an animal that's in pain is feeling better. And if they've just been given a dose of treatables and, you know, 15 to 30 minutes later, they're not limping anymore, it's uh, indisputable. Well, what ends up happening is we get a phone call from the pet owner saying, I can't believe how well this works. Can I eat the dog biscuits? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a sore back. Will it help? Or I don't sleep at night and my arthritis is killing me. Can I try the dog biscuits? And that's when we point them to our human edibles line because of this phenomenon with CBD. We've developed more CBD edibles for humans now because of that demand. And so now we've been able to, you know, provide products to the pet owners as well as the pets. All right. We've got to take one more short break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to find out if uh, you've ever eaten one of your own treatables. Uh, this is T.G. Brandfall of the Godpreneur.com podcast. We'll be right back. At Gontrepreneur, we have heard from dozens of cannabis business owners who have encountered the issue of cannabis, which is when a mainstream business, whether a landlord, bank, or some other provider of vital business services, refuses to do business with them simply because of their association with cannabis. We have even heard stories of businesses being unable to provide health and life insurance for their employees because the insurance providers were too afraid to work with them. We believe that this fear is totally unreasonable and that cannabis business owners deserve access to the same services and resources that other businesses are afforded, that they should be able to hire consultation to help them follow the letter of the law in their business endeavors, and that they should be able to provide employee benefits without needing to compromise on the quality of coverage they can offer. This is why we created the Gondrepreneur.com Business Service Directory, a resource for cannabis professionals to find and connect with service providers who are cannabis-friendly and who are actively seeking cannabis industry clients. 
If you are considering hiring a business consultant, lawyer, accountant, web designer, or any other ancillary service for your business, go to gondrepreneur.com businesses to browse hundreds of agencies, firms, and organizations who support cannabis legalization and who want to help you grow your business. With so many options to choose from in each service category, you will be able to browse company profiles and do research on multiple companies in advance so you can find the provider who is the best fit for your particular need. Our business service directory is intended to be a useful and well-maintained resource, which is why we individually vet each listing that is submitted. If you are a business service provider who wants to work with cannabis clients, you may be a good fit for our service directory. Go to gondrepreneur.com businesses to create your profile and start connecting with cannabis entrepreneurs today. Hey, welcome back to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm T.G. Brandfault here with Juliana Carella, CEO of Treatables and Anti-Ds. So have you ever tried a treatable? Absolutely. When we were um, developing the product, there was a lot of, you know, taste testing that that happened and, um, you know, there human-grade ingredients, so you can definitely enjoy them. You know, they they actually taste like graham crackers. (laughs) Um, They're delicious. Um, And then... What about, you know, what about using these for, for cats, you know, which, you know, a lot of them aren't 10 pounds. So, you know, how do you figure out the dosing and, and will they even eat this sort of thing? Because, you know, cats yeah. are picky and jerks. Yeah, I mean, we've got uh, quite a lot of cats using the product um, before we released the new tincture bottle that we have, which is really suitable for small animals and cats. Um, we we actually were selling the, the dog bones to many cats, um, and what the pet owners were doing was breaking up the, the treat into the food and mixing it around with the wet food. Um, but now that we have the tincture bottle, you know, with a cat, you just have to give them a few drops. And, uh, yeah, it works really well. Are there any prevailing rumors about cannabis for pets that you would like to debunk? Well, there's a prevailing rumor um, that folks that understand the the meaning of entourage effect, they know that, you know, humans often need a little THC along with CBD and, you know, a combination of various um, various cannabinoids does provide uh, a superior result. Um, but a lot of people think that animals also need THC, but the, the fact is that um, THC can actually be toxic to many animals, especially dogs, being that dogs have more receptors in their brain than any other animal and they can actually develop static ataxia so when people you know become interested in giving a cannabis product to their dog in particular they should note that THC can actually be toxic Um, so if people tell you you need to have THC in your cannabis product if it's for a dog um, that is actually a myth okay um is there any, you know, animal that this, any, any common pet that this wouldn't, you wouldn't recommend this product for, um, you know, I've learned not to, uh, you know, l- let my snake in contact with any sort of, you know, THC, you know, smoke or anything like that because he could eat himself. Uh, so 
<laughs> no, this is this is true. They they get confused because they have tiny brains, uh, so they actually uh, will could eat themselves. But um, you know, is there is there any animal that that you you would say, yeah, you probably shouldn't give this to that creature? Hmm. Um, I have not come across any animal that didn't benefit from CBD. We've seen uh, numerous animals um, ordering our product and using it, including horses and cows and pigs and birds and rabbits and hamsters. Um, all animals have an endocannabinoid system, uh, but we definitely need to learn more about how their endocannabinoid system works, you know, uh, which cannabinoids um, that have not been determined to be safe what's you know what is it about THC and why can it be toxic how, how is it toxic um, there's just so much more that we we still need to learn and research so finally um, I like to end these interviews by asking the question you know what advice might you have for people aspiring to get into the cannabis industry those looking to uh, get jobs in it those looking to invest in it those uh, you know looking to open up their own businesses you know, there's just a, you know, there's no end to the opportunities that exist right now. Um, but but where I think entrepreneurs really do well is to take a look at their local market. You know, a, a lot of um, cannabis businesses are going to be confined to their medical cannabis state, um, and there's just a there's a myriad of different laws in different states and they're all very different so you have to model your business after what you can achieve um, and still be in compliance with those state regulations and so that could be very different in California than you know in uh, Oregon or even in Illinois or any of these states um, so it's really good to look at um, what the local regulations dictate and make sure that your business model is um, going to be able to comply with those regulations and could you tell our listeners how they could go about getting treatables, uh, what states they might be able to buy them in person? Mm -hmm. Well, we sell treatables in pet stores um, across the country. We do have a store locator on our website. The website is treatables.com, T-R-E-A-T-I-B-L-E-S.com. And uh, people can order, also order directly from our website. We ship all over the world. And, um, yeah, feel free to send us an email at info at treatables.com. We're happy to answer any questions you might have. You can also call us. Our number's listed on the website. Uh, we actually pick up the phone when people call, and we're happy to talk to anybody who'd like to know more. And nobody has to worry about the feds knocking on their door by ordering treatables. <laughs> no, they don't have to worry about that. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much uh, for this opportunity uh, to chat with you. And, you know, thank you so much for kind of being on the front lines of, uh, you know, helping sick animals get well. That's really incredible. Thank you so much, and I'd love to um, send you some of the tincture for your cat, if you like. Feel free to send me your address. Oh, she's mean. She could use it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Juliana. Thank um, you. 
right. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur.com podcast in the podcast section of Gontrepreneur.com and the Apple iTunes store. On the Gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news and cannabis jobs updated daily along with transcripts of this podcast. You can also download the Gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. I've been your host, T.G. Brandfall. Oh.